Welcome to Victory Today. I'm so glad that you've joined us because we're going to talk today about some powerful principles to help you run your race, keep the faith and receive everything that God has for you. I really do want you to get this because right now we're talking about getting victory over the storms in our lives. And while we're doing that, we're exposing the lies and the tricks of the enemy so that we don't continue to fall for them. But you know, when you're under pressure and everything in the natural is vying for your attention, when you're feeling the squeeze and everyone's got an opinion about what you ought to do and the clock is ticking, how many of you know that is not the best time to learn how to respond in faith to life's storms, right? No, no, it's so much better that you learn this stuff while the sun is still shining, right? While the sky is blue and the birds are singing and no one's pushing you for anything. I'm saying, friend, that you don't want to wait until the storms are raging and then try and learn all this stuff. You want to grab a hold of it now for yourself. You want to get it. You want to get into the Word of God. You want to see that what I'm saying to you checks out. And then you want to start making this your standard operating procedure, whether they're blue skies or whether they're gray skies. Okay, you want to decide now that no matter what comes your way, you are going to walk by faith. You're going to be led by the spirit, not the flesh. You're going to make the word of God first place in your life. And you're going to refuse to yield to fear in any form. Amen. Because, friend, if you will make it your business to start operating like that now, It'll become a habit. If you just repeat that over and over, it'll become a habit. It'll be your default position. It'll become automatic to walk according to the spirit and not give in to the desires of the flesh. You'll get to a place where things that used to bother you no longer do. You'll get to a place where you are so calm, so peaceful, so confident in God and in his provision in your life that regardless of what comes, Just like the Apostle Paul, you'll be able to say, none of these things move me. They are nothing but light afflictions. Amen. I'm saying, friend, that if you will apply what I'm teaching right now, when the sky grows dark and the winds pick up in your life, you will know precisely how to respond. You won't be fooled. You won't freak out. You won't cast off your faith. You won't give in to fear. No, you'll stand your ground and you'll come through that season in victory. Amen. So that's what we're talking about right now. This, as far as I'm concerned, is preparation time for the storms of life that are bound to come. You know, Jesus talked in Matthew 24 about the kind of storms that will come in the end times. He said, you'll hear about wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes and famines and crazy stuff happening around the world. But then he said, but don't you be afraid. Amen. He said, don't you freak out and yield to the fear. And in verse 13, he says, because he who endures to the end will be saved. He who endures to the end. That's the person who keeps the faith, right? That's the person who doesn't cave into the pressure. He who endures to the end. Let me ask you today, is there some enduring required to be a believer in this world right now? Man, you better believe there is. Is endurance required 
When you've got a spiritual enemy who comes with a thousand discouraging, fear-inducing, unsettling ideas and tries to get you to yield to them, is endurance required to reject those kinds of thoughts again and again and again? Man, you better believe it. Endurance is required. Stamina, courage, faith. And so Jesus, because he loves us so much and he doesn't want us freaking out in stormy times, he tells us in Matthew 24 and again in John 16, other places as well, about the things that must take place before the end. But in John 16 and verse 33, he explains exactly why he's sharing this information with us. It is not so that we can panic it's not to discourage us. Listen to it. He says in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In me you'll have those things as you remain in me, as you trust in me. Jesus says in this world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer Take courage, be confident, be certain, be undaunted, for I, he says, have overcome the world. Notice this, the Amplified says, I have deprived it of power to harm you, and I have conquered it for you. Oh, that ought to encourage somebody today. What, a, what an awesome word. Yes, the storms will come. Yes, challenges will come. But as you remain in him... Those things will just pass by. They will be unable to harm you. Friend, we've got to allow promises like that to go deep into our hearts. We've got to meditate on them. We've got to roll them around and around in our minds until they become anchors for us when the storms of life hit. And last time I mentioned that unexpected storms often hit our lives as we're getting ready to step out by faith and do something that God has told us to do. No doubt you can remember a time when God called you to something. He, he gave you a vision for something or you stepped out on his word and you believed him for something. And all of a sudden, it was like all of hell broke loose in your life. I mean, stuff just came out of nowhere and it was one thing after another. You've been there, right? Well, that wasn't just a coincidence. We're learning right now that when you get a word from God, your spiritual enemy goes into overdrive. He's going to do all that he can to stop you in that moment from receiving that promise or from doing whatever God has told you to do. And the way that he does that so often is through storms. He will bring things your way to try and blindside you, to get you off track, to get you focusing on the problem and not on the promise. And the most effective way of doing that is many times through sudden, unexpected opposition and problems and issues. He's not fussy. He will use anything he can to try and apply the pressure so that you will doubt God's word, you'll yield to fear, you'll let go of your faith. Remember what happened immediately after Jesus was born? Matthew chapter 1 and verse 13, it tells us that Joseph and Mary had to flee to Egypt. Remember in the Christmas story? Joseph and Mary, they got to flee to Egypt. Why? Well, because Herod was determined to locate Jesus and kill him. 
I'm telling you, friend, the enemy will always try to kill the baby. Whether we are talking about a call on your life, a vision for your future, the revelation of who you are in Christ, what you're entitled to, the enemy will come against that in its infancy, before it's had time to develop some strength and some maturity and some history, while it's a baby, while that thought is new, while that revelation is new, while the call is new, he will come and he will do his best because he's attacking you while you're vulnerable. And he uses storms to unsettle you, to pressure you, to try and get you to fear because he knows that fear and faith cannot exist at the same time. Whenever you accept fear, anxiety, dread, or worry into your life, it contaminates your faith. The, the, the fear, it literally flushes the faith out and you start operating in doubt and unbelief. We see that clearly in Mark chapter 4 where it says this, it says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along with the boat as he was, and other little boats were with them also, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling, but he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and they said to one another, Who can this be, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Friend, when God tells you to do something, when he calls you to something, when he speaks to you from his word and he gives you a promise regarding your situation, fear will always try and suggest that you are lacking something that you need in order to believe it, receive it and experience it in your life. But that is not true. That is a lie from the enemy. You need to know today that any time God speaks to you about something, he gives you a vision for something, he calls you to something, he promises you something in his word, you, you don't receive it and then have to go back to him a hundred times and start begging for his provision. Why not? Because if he's spoken, contained in that word is all all the wisdom, all the enabling, all the empowering, and all the supernatural help you need to do it. You don't have to keep going back to God to say, well, God, I know that you've spoken, but now I need this, and now I need that, I need no. No, no. If he's spoken it to you, contained in his word is all the wisdom, enabling, empowering, supernatural help that you need to do it. And that is why Jesus rebuked the disciples that night. Look at it again. They'd gone below to where he was sleeping, where he was asleep, right? And they'd woken him up. And then they accused him of not caring that they were going to die. But the thing is that Jesus never said, listen, we're going to make it halfway across in the night. We're going to get hit by a storm and we're all going to drown. No, he said, let us pass over to the other side. Amen. 
And when he said that, everything that they needed was already present in that word to get them there safely. And friend, exactly the same is true for you. Oh, the wind might be howling right now and the waves might be crashing and in the natural, it might look like there's no way out, there's no way through, there's no way past. But if he's spoken a word, if he gave you his word, you can have absolute confidence that you are going to get there. You say, but Andrew, I didn't get a specific word for my situation. Well, if that is the case, why don't you go get one? Say, well, I don't know how to do that. How do I get a word? Well, first things first, we get into the word of God. We don't wait for three clouds to line up or, you know, three green lights at the traffic lights and drive along. And if I get three green lights, it means this and this and this. We don't do silly things like that. We go to the word of God. We look at some of the 8,000 promises that are listed in there. You'll find promises there that relate to your situations, the things that you need. And then what do we do? We start claiming them. Amen. That's how we get a word. We get into the Bible. We ask Holy Spirit to speak to us through it. We look at the promises of God. We find promises that relate to our situation and we start claiming them. Jesus spoke a word. He said, we are going to the other side. And the enemy stirred up a storm that was designed to take them all out. I want you to see, friend, that the enemy is always going to come for the word that you got. He's going to do all that he can to discredit the word that God spoke over your life. Maybe you've got a word right now about your healing. Maybe you've got a word pronounced over your finances. Maybe you're learning from these podcasts and God's been speaking to you about renewing your mind and walking in victory and being led by the Spirit and not by the flesh. You've received a word. But then all of a sudden, the wind started to howl, the waves picked up, and now you're feeling the pressure to give up on that word and start yielding to something else. Well, in Mark chapter 4, that is exactly what happened. But notice that even though... The winds howled and the storm raged and the waves got so big that the boat began filling with water. Listen carefully now. That didn't change the fact that they were exactly where they were meant to be doing what Jesus had told them to do. They were crossing to the other side, right? I'm saying today, friend, don't allow that storm to move you. Don't let those waves move you. Refuse to let that opposition move you. If you want to learn how to stay in faith when the storms of life come, don't look at the disciples. Look at Jesus. Because what was he doing? The Bible tells us, it says, Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. The disciples, what were they doing? Well, they were running around the the deck screaming. What was Jesus doing? He was snoozing. He was sleeping. Why? Because he was in faith. Amen. Jesus had faith or confidence in his own word. And, And because he did have complete confidence in his own word, the wind meant nothing to him. The waves 
They meant nothing. None of that made any difference at all because they were going to the other side. That's a picture of faith, isn't it? That That's someone who's refused to allow the storm that's raging out there to get into him. Now think about this. Where was Jesus? Where was he this whole time? He was in the stern, the Bible says. That's the lower part of the ship. And where would the water fill up first as the, you know, the waves come in over side? Where is the water going to fill up first of all? Not on the deck where the disciples are. Oh, it might splash around a little bit, but the water is going to start to fill up the boat in the stern, right? So if the boat was filling with water, it was highly likely that Jesus was wet. Maybe the pillow kept his head out of the water, but water would have been sloshing around down there. All the gear would have been wet. That boat would have been pitching and lurching all over the place. So how could Jesus possibly, in the middle of all of that, how could Jesus possibly sleep? It was because, friend, he wasn't afraid. Amen? He, he was totally at peace. Hey, do you know how to enjoy a great night's sleep every night? It's very simple. Don't be scared. Deal with your fear. Learn these lessons. Put them into practice. Refuse to be afraid. You know, I I read um, this neuroscience guy who was talking all about insomnia and people struggling to sleep and it's such a massive issue and all the people that he'd studied and all the sleep studies, not a Christian. And what he concluded in his book, so enlightening, was that at its core, the reason why so many people don't sleep is because of fear because they're afraid, because there's stuff going on in their life that messes in their mind and in their their thoughts, and they can't sleep. And if they get into the cycle of not sleeping long enough, they begin to fear going to bed because they think, well, I'm not going to sleep. And this cycle goes round and around and around. And can you see that is fear? That's fear. That's, the, the way to have a great night's sleep every night is not being scared, not yielding to the fear, dealing with it, learning these lessons, putting them into practice, refuse to be afraid. See, when you go to bed at night and you are afraid, afraid for your safety, afraid for your kids and their future, worried about your finances, anxious about the meeting at work tomorrow, that fear, it leaves a door open for the enemy to torment you with nightmares and negative thoughts and, wor- and wrong, worrisome feelings. And now you're operating in the flesh. I'm telling you, friend, don't go to sleep afraid. Go to sleep thanking God, praising Him, trusting Him. Amen. I'm saying today, if you've had trouble sleeping lately, listen to this promise. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You, God, will keep Him in perfect peace. The Amplified says, you will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace. That's the promise. Amen. But but who's this promise for? Is this just like a, like a totally unconditional promise that will just fall on anyone at any time? No, God did not promise, friend, to keep you in perfect peace if you're going to focus at night on fear If you're going to lie there in the dark and allow doubt and unbelief and anxiety to grip your heart, he does not promise you that. If you choose to fear 
rather than trust him. He does not promise you peace. Isaiah 26, 3, listen to the whole verse. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And why? Why does that guarantee us perfect peace? Well, what happens when you make the decision to get your focus, your attention on him rather than on the things that will cause you to fear and become anxious and concerned? Well, he guarantees in that moment perfect peace when your mind is stayed or kept on him. Because when you do that, you trust in him. And that's what the the end of the verse says. It says because he trusts in him. And, And that is faith. Amen. That is how you can enjoy perfect peace and a great sleep every night. Every night. Doesn't matter what's going on. That's how you can enjoy that. And I know in my own life, I've put that into practice because I used to sleep really badly. Now I roll over, I speak to him. I I just acknowledge again how much he loves me and cares about me. I thank him for the good things in my life. And I talk to him as I go to sleep. What am I doing? I'm saying, Lord, I trust you. I'm relying upon you. I'm not going to operate in my own understanding. I'm going to Put my life in your hands and cast my cares over upon you because you care for me. And as I do that, I'm acknowledging that he grants his beloved sleep. You know, Jesus here was asleep in the middle of a storm. And he was able to do that. He had peace in the storm because he refused to allow what was raging out there to get in his heart and unsettle him. And I want to tell you today, you, friend, can do exactly the same thing. Doesn't matter how bad it is right now, you can do the same thing if you refuse to allow what's raging out there to get in your heart and unsettle you. Remember the promise. You will keep him, the word says, in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon you because he trusts in you. And I'm going to talk a whole lot more about how to do that in the next Victory Today podcast. So thank you so much for listening. I trust that this has been an encouragement to you. Have a great night's sleep tonight, trusting in him. And let's believe that as we apply this word, we're going to have victory over the storms in our lives. Can I encourage you, if this podcast is a blessing to you, share it with someone you know. Go onto our website, newboldministries.com. Have a look at the great resources that are available there. Send us an email. Let me know how these podcasts are encouraging you. And I'll talk to you again really soon.